Hello, folks, and welcome to Experience AV. I um, am Jim Maltese, and, and with me as ever is... Oh, Jeremy. It's Jeremy. Yes. You know Jeremy, <laughs> of course. How's it going, man? Dude, so good. So good. Glad to see you. Glad to see you. Um, how's how's the weather? How's the weather? I got to start. Like, it's always that time of year where it's super dicey right. on your side of the country, and it's absolutely gorgeous over here. So how's the weather? I think the weather is great. Uh, I don't know that Arizonians would agree. So it's when, when I wake up, I, I, I try to take my run, and uh, it's like 30s and 40s, but I happen Ooh. to love that. Yeah, but it is... It's when it gets cold like that, it's just so quiet. Like, especially if, if you can go out into the woods or something like that, the air is so still. And and that's like been one of my goals is to find a spot where, where I live where I cannot hear a car or I can't hear those friggin' leaf blower that it, it just goes nonstop. And so when whenever I can find just a, a, a little patch of quiet in the wintertime outside, I'm in I'm in a good way. So can you can you find those patches in New York? No. <laughs> it's like what you no, just described true. sound like a unicorn <laughs> to me. Like, do you want to hear something freaky? So last winter, I was building like an igloo type thing with my kids, and we we I mean we didn't go too big, just like it was you know four foot by four foot, and you they could fit in, I could stick my head in, but when I stick my head in. It's the only good. moment of silence. <laughs> yes. So what you're saying is you need to get a portable igloo to stick on your head and run around with. That's exactly what I'm saying. You know, being That's an exactly. audio guy, I would think you could come up with something that would be <laughs> kind of isolating. To, to, to But let's get back to something. So you said run. Are you running now? I thought you were, you were biking for a while there. So... Apparently, again, where I live, not only is it filled with noises and uh, leaf blowers, but it is also filled with incredibly dangerous tire roads because not dangerous for people. I, I you know, I do the right thing. I, I, I wear a helmet. I, I follow the rules. But like every third time I would go out, I would get a flat tire. And I've replaced the tire. I've replaced the tread. It's just the roads have stuff rocks and one time i literally found a screw in my tire one time it was uh, a, a piece of construction metal strip or something and so i got a little shy to the bike because <laughs> we I, I would be doing you know you know 20 miles 20 you know 13 miles or something like that and so if i'm six miles away from the house and i gotta walk home It'll take me a minute, and so I would call my wife, and then Jess would get very upset because she's like, I have to freaking drive out to wherever you are, and you got to get my car dirty with your stupid bike. And, yeah, so uh, I've been running. I've been running a little bit. I think you forgot some expletives there that she would probably throw in. I'm it's, just... best, it's, it's best for everyone. Yeah, I mean, we are broadcasting live. It is, it's on the Internet. It's forever. I've, I've heard millions 
and millions. So you're running, right? So we we bike a lot out here in Arizona. We've got you know spiky stuff all over the place and lots of dirt and rocks. There are alternatives. There are ways to overcome those 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 tire roads that you mentioned, and you can get okay. to you can get tubeless tires. That's a big help. Just like a car, so that's a thing. That's a thing. It's a thing on bikes. Tubeless tires. It's a whole thing. Also, you can get solid tubes. They're not as comfortable as the the air cushion tubes, but they're like solid rubber. I have a uh, specialized roll, so it's like a hybrid bike, not quite a road bike, not quite a mountain bike, but it's upright, mm-hmm. and I like to ride it. The original tires that came on it, same thing, man. I felt like every other time I was going out, I was replacing a tube. And same thing, hey, you know, Carrie, come pick me up, expletive, 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 she would, you know, come come pick me up, um, or, or I'd have to walk home. I actually bought a tire that was like a thorn-resistant tire also, so there is definitely some tech out there, and I will say, it does two things. It, it, it helps keep the pressure of your tire better than the standard, because, you know, I felt like I had to always put a little bit more air in my tubes sure, yeah, yeah, as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So it did a better job of keeping air in the tubes, and I have had like I would say like a 95% reduction in thorns. So I'm just saying because I love riding a bike; it makes me feel like a kid every time I'm on a bicycle, and I want to promote people feeling like a kid as much as possible. So you might want to might want to try it again. How have we not talked about this before? This is like I legit my mind is blown. Well, I didn't even know that was a, a yeah. I mean, that's that's what we do here is we experience stuff and we use AV as an excuse to get together and talk. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> it's awesome, man. That's really awesome. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Um, well, that sounds cold. Although I will say this. When exercising, whether riding a bike, whether running, man, I like it to be as cold as possible because, you know, you're generating all that heat and the colder it is outside, I feel like it helps regulate everything. Um, but if it's not, if I'm not doing those things, you know, I, uh, I don't quite prefer it that cold. So we're in the, we're in the sixties here in Arizona, you know, sixties, low seventies as a high right now. We, if we dump down into the 50s, it's a it's a, it's a cold night. So this is this is the time of year that you live here for. The uh, the only other update I have, you know, I, I think I mentioned this before, but I'm so damn excited about it. I'm going to <laughs> Justin. I've run between taco stands. Well, that's Texas right there. Texas representing. <laughs> I love it. Uh, quick update on the marching band. I may have said yes. this last episode. I'm saying it again. We won state championships in our division. It was phenomenal. I'm so proud of the marching band. And I'm also so proud of having my Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, and some Saturdays back. Go <laughs> <laughs> well, Blackhawks, right? Go Blackhawks. Blackhawks. That's right. That's right. Now, it's going to be short-lived because we're going right into winter drumline, which is like this whole acoustic indoor thing, which won't have as much uh, need for me to mix the sound, but I'll help them kind of get it set up and set it to forget it, and we'll we'll have that season this year. But it was a it was an epic experience. Super thankful for it, man. That's awesome, dude. Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. Appreciate it. Yeah. <clears throat> well, you ready to uh, get into it? 
I think I think it's about that time. So what are we talking about today? I I thought go for it. I thought the title that you came up with for this show was was beautiful. Right? Are you homesick at the office or office sick at home? You know, thanks. How cool is that? That was a good one. That was a good one. I appreciate it. Well, it's always fun. You know, one of my favorite parts of the process is ideating with you on like trying to figure out what what are we going to talk about? And then we like figure out what we're going to talk about. And we're like, okay, now we got to come up with some sort of catchy title. And that one, that one resonated with me, you know, and if you don't mind, I'll kind of share a little bit of of where that title came from, um, because, you know, to frame it up, right? The, the whole point of this conversation is, <clears throat> well, well, frame us up. What is the point of this conversation? You know, what, what was the, what was the, the, the topic at hand that drove this title? Um, well, you know, we, we, we wanted to kind of talk about some of the challenges people are experiencing with the migration back to the office or whatever that looks like now it's you know a hybrid workplace um what are people doing what are they going to walk into and what uh what can they do about it what should they expect and and how can they make things as smooth as possible av wise well that's you, you know there's a lot to unpack there too because to your point you know taking it just even one step back in the pandemic, all of a sudden, you know, people that were working in the office were working at home, right? Home, homework. Some working many from still home. are, right? Many still are. Yeah. But people, you know, I, I remember before the pandemic, right? There was there was a huge push for trying to adopt a bit more of a hybrid working style, but it was unproven, untested, unbelieved in to a very large degree. And then boom, 2020 happened, right? Boom. The pandemic happened, and whether you liked it or not, in order for a lot of businesses to keep operating, a number of workers were working from home, even the ones that didn't want to work from home. Mm-hmm. You know, I know a bunch of people that, you know, they, they like that separation of of work and home space and, and want nothing to do with turning the home space into a work yep. environment. It, it gets tough to shut off. So, so right. really, you know, this is about talking about all of it, right? What it means to work from home and, and what kind of emotional, spiritual, physical impact that might have had on you and your family's life. And, and then also the return to work, right, as things are starting to starting to turn back on. So the title, Homesick at Work and Work Sick at Home, right? So if I think back to prior to the pandemic, I know a lot of people were were fighting for and lobbying for an ability to work from home more, right? So that's the idea of homesick while at the office, right? You're at the office, man, I wish I could work from home at least a couple of days a week, you know, that would bring balance to my life. And that would be such a such a quality of life um, sig- uh, quality of life incre- increase, yeah, yeah improvement. Yeah. Right. So that was the idea of that part of it. And then, you know, okay, now we're here at the pandemic and we're forced to work at home and you're working from home. You know, even those of us that did work from home, like you, for example, you work, you work from home, like you don't have an office to go to. And you were doing that before the pandemic happened. So, but then the rest of us, right, that had an office to go to, or were going to an office, we were forced to work from home as well. And, and, and so boom, there's the other side of the coin. 
well, now I'm at home and I, I miss the office. I'm office sick. Like I want to see people. I want to have that kind of, that kind of interaction that you only get when you're around a whole bunch of other people focused on, you know, moving your, your, your company's objectives forward. Right. And I know, for, I know for me personally, it has been such a, such a interesting process of discovery, right? We have, I, I personally have always adopted a bit of a hybrid working model. I've had the, the, the opportunity and benefit to have an office at the office that's dedicated to me and I can go use that and I can collaborate with others and I can have in-person meetings. And then I also have always maintained a home office so that if I need to really dig in, I really need to do some focus time, I can kind of do it from home or, you know, I need to meet the meet the 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 pool, you know, repair guy that, you know, only comes during business hours and never available on the weekends. Right. Like that was some of the, the benefit of being able to work from home. But then for me, when the pandemic happened and I was working from home all the time, I I started to struggle with the the blurred line. Yep. And for me, the blurred line was where does home stop and work begin and where does work begin and home stop? And although I might have been called a workaholic a few times in my life, I will tell you that one of the things I value the most about going to the office is the drive to the office that 30 minutes whether you drive whether you walk whether you take a bike it doesn't matter that 30 minutes of drive time from my house to the office is like personal think time i can listen to yeah. some music i can make a phone call it's this transitional tunnel if you will that when you yeah. get out the other side you're like all right i'm here at work and i'm ready to work and it's <clears throat> and it's work time right and there's like a very defined physical separation and then you get done with your workday, no matter what time it is, even if you worked a couple of extra hours, you get in your truck or you get in your vehicle or you get on your bus or your bike, whatever your deal is, and you then transition back through the tunnel. And when you get to the other end, you're at home and you're like, Shh, I've had 30 minutes to decompress and kind of think about the things that I was working on today or that kind of got me going today. But then by the time you get home, it's like this physical decompression period. Then working from home every day, it was like, man, roll out of bed. There's no physical tunnel to go through. I'm just going right to work, working till who knows how late at night. And then even when you're done and you kind of stumble out, it doesn't really feel like you're at a different place. So that that was part of my struggle that I dealt with yeah. during the pandemic. And I am really focused on back to having a little bit more of that hybrid approach. A few days in the office, a couple days at home helps bring that balance for me. Well, and, and that like, I, I noticed that as well. Um, and for, for, for me personally, I'm such a, a introvert, I, I guess you could say, because I, I internalize so much in my head by default that I, I, whereas I would come back from work and after that commute, which I hated, right? Because New York, Long, especially Long Island traffic is just absolutely miserable. Even though it was just a 10 mile drive, it was a long 10 miles. And so I had time to decompress, but that just forced things deeper into my brain. And so now, um, you know, I take 
a few breaths or I, I go for my run in the morning. And so I have that separation there and I have that um, just mental time. And that that's where I, I, I find it so easy to meditate when walking or running. Like I, I, that's where I just let my mind go and go wild. And I, I feel really centered afterwards. But even after the day, I get out of my office and I see my wife and my kids and I'm forced to talk to them. And I, I find myself talking more about my day, which is, been really good actually and so for me even though i i I appreciate the de-stress the de-stressing value of that commute time for me personally um talking about the day has been really beneficial to me like right 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 on a dime so that I, i i happen to love working from home I think it's it's fantastic. Uh, you know, I, we have all these tools where I, I still get a sense of camaraderie with with my my coworkers, and I have a great time with them. But my commute is, you know, the ten second walk downstairs, and I, I absolutely love that. After doing the other thing for so so many years, you know, that's interesting because I think you've hit on a couple of things for me anyway. That is like your tunnel could be a 10 second walk downstairs. If you can find that way to disconnect, if you can find that way to like put the work behind you and embrace, and then, and then you've got another tool that you're using, which is, which is almost a ritual, right? One of the best rituals come home. Hey, Hey honey, how was your day? Right. Come down the stairs. Hey honey, how was your day? And then you, you start that ritual or that process of talking about your day and that, I think kind of releases those chemicals and starts to get yeah. you going yeah. towards the path of being home. So that that's that's great. I definitely struggle with that a little bit, especially, you know, my kids are all in high school or graduating high school at this point. So it's a little bit different than having the little ones at home anymore. But um, for me personally, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. Um, my old boss, Chris, I was talking to him a couple of weeks ago and I was asked, I hadn't talked to him in a few years and I asked him how he was doing during the pandemic. And he's one of those guys that's like, I never stopped going to the office. I can't work from home. I refuse to work from home. Like got to get up, got to put on the clothes, got to go to the office, got to have, and in this guy was more than happy to work a 10, 12, 14 hour day if that's what was necessary, but it was going to happen physically at the office, not in his house ever, 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 Mm -hmm. ever, ever. And he just can't wrap his mind around the idea of working from home. Wow. I can appreciate it. Oh yeah. I'm not built like that, but I, I can appreciate that. I can appreciate that. I have definitely come to enjoy for me, again, personally, a, a balance, that hybrid mm-hmm. approach, right? And that's that's what hybrid work has, has started to mean to me is the flexibility to work from the office and the flexibility to work from home kind of giving me the best of both worlds at yeah. the end of the day. Yeah. You know, and, and reflecting on something else that you said, the exercise piece, you're also using, you're also using your exercise as a way to to find that that personal quiet time, that that personal yeah. disconnect time, because even like that's the other thing about working from an office versus working from home and the commute. You, the commute, one of the things like you're at the office, you're with people. You're at home, you're with people. That commute, that's that's Jeremy time, right? Like that's some time to. And often I just wouldn't even listen to music. I would just be quiet and use it as meditative time, like you indicated. 
Well, and, and that's what I found is that my brain is going to, to, to find time to bounce things around in there, whether it's at three o'clock in the morning or at six thirty on a run or, 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 you know, midday on a hike on the weekends, it, it needs that time or else I'm not healthy and, and I, I can't rest, you know, without allowing it to do that. So yeah, I, I totally hear you on that. And, and that's, that's what the commute was. I'm much happier now that I have the opportunity to exercise and get that time. But, but when I was, when I was commuting to work, my, like I, I would, if I had to drive somewhere, I, I'd go into autopilot, miss turns just because my, my brain was, was going, it was going, it was doing its thing. So then based on your commentary, like during the pandemic, like, or the, in the thick of it, life as usual for you, didn't struggle with it at all. I love it. Like at least in terms of the the work from home perspective, yeah. all other things aside, that, that I love came it. Up. I I will say where it hits is where like when I see you guys taking like uh, so so I'm I'm in a, a remote New York office of level three, um, and Jeremy is in the 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 mothership in in Arizona, and so when you guys do birthday cake or, uh, you know, a, a company hike or, you know, the, the, the Christmas party or, or pizza or whatever. I, I, I miss that. I yep. miss that. And, and, uh, you know, before the pandemic, when we would come out to do AQAB trainings or, or, or whatever trainings, that's where I, I, I build up on that. Like that was intense meeting time for me and I absolutely loved it. But during the pandemic, I, I did miss that a lot. See, man, I think you're starting to touch on something that's really relevant here, which is even the people that are super excited, happy to completely work from home. There's there's a need. There's a there's a need there to be filled that that can only be filled with with actually being in the same physical space as your as your community. Right. Whatever that community is, in this case, your work community. Um, but and I've got some interesting stats that I wanna I wanna share. Um, yeah, hit me with, you were talking about that before. Hit me with that. Yeah. Well, before before we do that, I want want to hit on one more thing around exercise because, you know, uh, Justin Justin Watts has some funny comments that he's been he's putting the best. in. Yeah, love you, Justin. Shout out, man. Yes. He put Big a time. comment in here like, you know, caught himself uh, working 14 to 16 hours and not realizing I was doing it. Lines were blurred beyond recognition there for a while. That's exactly how I felt. Like I couldn't draw the line anymore. It was a big wavy squiggly line that was very inconsistent every single day. And then his next comment about, you know, having access to your kitchen for lunch did nothing for my waistline. Like I found, I found that I was eating more. I found that I was drinking more. Like I was moving in a very unhealthy direction early on in the pandemic. And so one of the things that I have the pandemic to thank for is getting on the path of daily exercise. And for me, it started with bike riding because I love to ride bikes. And I would just get out every single morning and ride for 45 minutes to an hour. And it did what you described, right? It, it did that centering that meditative that you know what in this time where it feels like home is work and work is home and i'm having a hard time separating the two i need to have some some focused me time that makes me feel like i'm i'm 
improving some aspect of my life outside of just continuous work, continuous work, continuous work. And for me, that ended up parlaying into a pretty significant exercise routine that has maintained for the last, I think I, I think I'm up to like a, over a year and a half of not missing a single day of, of heavy weight training, exercising. And I have very much the pandemic to thank for that. And so just another tool, right? Another tool to, you know, help manage that for me and for those like me, because obviously, you know, one of the things that's super obvious in this conversation is we're not built the same. Some people deal with the with the work from home paradigm very differently than than other folks. And there's there's ways and tools to manage that one way or the other. All right. So you want you want to hear some of these statistics? Hit me. I'm ready. I'm ready. All right. I'm sitting down. I'm ready. All right. They're on the Internet, so they must be real. Absolutely. I can provide oh. I can provide sources. The pulse of the American Worker Survey discovered that 87% of employees want to work from home at least one day of the week. Hmm. Okay. That's big. That, I mean, that made sense. Like pre-pandemic, that, that's what it felt like to me was like everybody was like, work from home, work from home. We can work from home. We can still be productive and work from home. And so many employers were like, we don't trust you. Maybe yep. it's because we don't have the tools in place to measure productivity or whatever the whatever the you know validation around not feeling comfortable letting people work from home. There was there was a lot of resistance there. Um, same study: sixty-eight percent of American workers say that working in office and remotely is the perfect model. So I'm right in I'm right in that group, right? Like that's the the majority right there is saying that hybrid approach. Give me the opportunity to work from the office when I need to work from the office and work from home when I need to work from home, which I think also suggests that what are we doing in the office and what are we doing like what kind of work are we doing at the office and what kind of work are we doing at home and you touched on it, right? Why did you want to come to the office? Did you want to come to the office so you could sit on your computer and do the same work that you do every single day? Nope. Especially <clears throat> I see people on teams neck, you know, like they're, they're a room away. It's just because it's that good a tool, but like you, you, you could meet, but you, they, they actually prefer being in front of their computer because they have access to everything they need, even though they're a room away. So let's talk AV for a second. Okay. What did that do from an AV perspective, right? One room away, people could get together and have a conversation in person, but instead they would connect via some sort of communication platform. Why? It's a better experience. It's exactly. That's yeah. it, right? You've been you've been saying this for months. Actually, I think you've been saying this like well, being a, a, such a promoter of work from home, I think you've been saying this for years and years. Like, yeah, we build I, technology for your conference rooms, but if you want a good experience, go sit by yourself with your laptop <laughs> and a headset. <laughs> That's been freaking me out for a few years now. But now, now the whole rest of the world is like, these conference rooms suck. Especially like, with the experience we have now you and I, we're, we're, we're on a Teams call, 
right? That that that's kind of the engine behind this. I see your face. I hear you really well. I see you really well. It is, and and we're three thousand miles apart. This is a great experience. If I need files to show, if we we were collaborating on on you were helping me troubleshoot OBS stuff, I pulled it right up. You said no, no, click over to click down. We can't do that in a room. We'd be huddling around a laptop, which would be in a meeting room. So I wouldn't have my three monitors there. We'd be huddled around my little 15-inch laptop trying to figure that out, like cramming on a lap. It's a much better experience to share that, to troubleshoot over over Teams. So that, thank you for taking this little aside journey with me because it just seems so relevant to what we were talking about, right? It's It's... Why are we coming back to the office? And when we do come back to the office, if we do actually have to work and collaborate, and I'm not suggesting you should not work when you come to the office by any means of the imagination, but when you got to collaborate, we got to come up with different ways to facilitate that same type of experience that you get with working from home or working separately. It's not even working from home, just working from your desk. Yeah. And, and I, I feel like that's been smacking people in the face because they uh, no data. And, and, and if, if I'm if we're taking too far a, a veer off course from the data, let me know. We're not. All right. So. I mean, in my I, I feel like pre pre pandemic people were. And that, and that was one of my lines in, in CTSD and, and AQAV and, and all this stuff. It was one of my lines to be like when uh, people just accept okay audio. Like we, we have these huge, beautiful boardrooms. Um, people can kind of hear and they can kind of see people in the room, even though they're like hitting up three pixels. But that was the norm. It just is what it is. It was okay AV. Um, but then the pandemic hit and now we have this experience. Right. Where I can see your face and I can't like I never understood that in my CTSD class in 2001. Scott Scherer was on the big screen talking about parallax theorem and, you know, mimicking eye contact and being able to see like I, I work for a, a real estate company who demanded this face to face for all their conference rooms because they wanted to literally see people sweat uh during the the interview to see you know i'm going to spend a billion dollars with you i i want to see what's up so i understood what good video conferencing could be and then most of the conference rooms it was people that were like four pixels yeah and you sounded fine you know the the audio we, we we did pretty good audio i hear well anyway so people got used to okay audio pre-pandemic during the pandemic, everyone got used to this experience, this conference experience where I see you, I hear you. And now that we got used to this, people are going back to the work. And now they're like, what is this expletive? <laughs> uh, you know, <laughs> nice. I can, I can kind of hear you. I sound like the, 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 the intern who's, you know, on, on their laptop down the hall on a headset. He's the best sounding person in the room. The other conference room in in Tokyo, I can barely understand what 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 they're saying. The 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 meeting room in 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 San Francisco, oh, that's kind of flaky. I can't see anyone for anything, and that's what people are coming back to. And it now now I think people are starting to get oh we we need to pay attention to this audio stuff. And and you know 
I think that's why people are, are so crazy about smart gallery come, coming out in Teams and Zoom because that's going to bring this experience to a meeting room. Totally. You know, I, I was just, as you were explaining that, I was just thinking about Smart Gallery, and I don't recall who it was. It might have been Jeff or Fred, or I, I can't remember. It might have even been you. I can't remember. But I remember years back, years ago, somebody saying, how cool would it be if there was a way to get everybody's head and face on the screen? And what what, what did they call it? It was, uh, I think it was screen equity was the word that was cool. used was how do you give equitable space to every person on the screen in a meeting room situation? And I'm super excited that we've got big old camera sensors with lots and lots of pixels so that we can start to create this situation. I mean, I yeah. love, I love the innovation that's coming out of the industry to help try to drive us towards what you just described a much better experience because I think, you know, coming back to a comment I made earlier, everybody had to work from home and what happened? All of the employers were like, Oh, I guess it does work. Not only does it work, but in a lot of cases it works better. better. (laughs) It works better, especially when you're thinking about it from an AV and a conferencing perspective and then having the tools at your fingertips, right? not just being able to communicate with people, but then that collaboration of software and tools that you're able to see and share and, and really, really build off of. All right. Well, that was, that was a good little jaunt there, my friend. You ready? You ready for some more percentages? Hit me. According to the remote work and compensation survey, only 8% of remote employees would be willing to work in office full-time after the pandemic phases out. Eight, eight, zero, eight. Yeah, less than 10. Single-digit percentage there. But, but it, and it's worth noting remote employees, right? So. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay, 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 okay. All right. 8% of remote employees. But I mean, think about the increase of remote employees that happened because of the pandemic. Yeah. Like, you know, there was a, there was a remote population pre pandemic that exploded during the pandemic and then doing a survey during the pandemic, only 8% of them are like, yeah, I'd be willing to come back to the office full time. It just it speaks to that hybrid model, right? It speaks well, to the need for the flexibility of working from home and the 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 increase in quality. I remember talking to you. You mentioned the you mentioned the commute. I remember talking to our our mutual friend, she who shall not be named, but used yes. to work and still works for the financial industry. What yes. lives in New Jersey? And used to commute into Manhattan. And I remember I remember talking to her and being like, yeah, so I had to drive, you know, 45 minutes to get 52 miles down the road in Arizona. And she's like, fuck you, Jeremy, first of all. Oh, sorry. Expletive you, Jeremy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and she's like, I... I go six miles and it takes me anywhere between one and three hours, depending on the situation. And that's on a, on a bus. Right. And I remember thinking back then, I'm like, 
that makes no sense. You're losing a ton of productivity from your employees by making them do that commute back and forth. Big time. And But the interesting thing to me, too, is this was a trend even before the pandemic, right? Like oh, yeah. in the 50s, everyone had an office. Now they're they're sliding into that open office. Now they're sliding into hot hot desking. And and so you're you're taking office space away from from workers. You still need meeting rooms, for, you know, for sure. There's a lot of productivity that happens there and and training and uh, instilling culture and everything, but that trend to move people to their home offices or at least not like a, a dedicated office space has been happening for decades. You know, it's interesting. I, I, I totally agree with you. It's changed a lot. And some people would say that that open office experiment was, was a failure. <laughs> you know, I'm I, sure, I I'm sure. How anything gets done. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So same survey, 8% of remote employees only would be willing to work in office full-time. On the other hand, 48% of workers want to work remotely permanently in the hybrid model statistics. The remaining 44% out of that, right? So we're 48, eight, the remaining 44% wish to work from home part-time. The ones that were, you know, full-time remote during that time, you know, so again, that one's a little bit more split. You definitely have a huge part of that. In fact, the majority is saying, I want to stay home permanently. This is this is better. I can do my job and I can be closer to my family and to my home and, and the things that that are that are my personal life, right? Right. And and doing what you do, right? Comfortable. So that that I think that speaks to the the group of people that kind of fit nicely into that. All right, here's some in, a more interesting statistics. Another hybrid work stat from Stanford Institute of Economic Policy Research found that 55% of respondents wanted to divide their time in office and at home. 25% said they wanted to work remotely full-time and the remaining 20% want to work exclusively in the office. Interesting. So same kind of same kind of statistic, right? Different different group, but showing again, the majority want some sort of hybrid model available to them. They don't want to be forced into one or the other. They want that flexibility 100%. I think, you know, technology aside, that's, that's one of the biggest trends that happened with the pandemic is, you know, you've got to enable your people to be able to work from where they want to work you got to meet you know and the, the, the what are they calling it the great the great resignation oh yeah have, have yeah. you heard of have you, you oh, yeah. <laughs> right driven by now all of a sudden all of these companies globally are like i don't care where you live where you want to live we are going to give you the tools necessary to be productive anywhere in the world yeah, I've read a really good article recently about like it's encouraging that kind of more nomadic lifestyle that I think the article said was was once reserved for like um, engineers, right? Engineers, you know, you whether, I can't remember the word that they use, like unique engineers. Um, and now you're seeing a huge group of people starting to embrace that concept of I can live anywhere. 
And if you don't like that, Mr. Employer, I'm just going to go find another employer because there's a whole bunch of them out there that are embracing it at breakneck speed at this point. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's wild, man. It's a different time out there. Yeah. And, I mean, what's that going to do? So th- this is happening. This 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 is the world we're in now. I have friends who worked in still work in the city, but their companies would take up twenty floors of of a, a high rise in Manhattan, and now they only renewed the lease on four. Like, what what's that going to do to to cities? What's that going to do to real estate prices? Like, what what is it? What's it going to do? And then, like technology wise. What is a, a, a floor, an office floor at a bank going to look like, right? It used to be 85% uh, workstations and, and maybe 15% meeting rooms here and there. Is that going to be like 20% workstations and, and meeting rooms everywhere? Or, or like what, what, what's that going to do to how... The percentage of real estate dedicated to meeting space and the percentage of real estate dedicated to personal workspace. So that I've got a really interesting piece of data to support that, because I think it goes back to the question I asked earlier, which is, why are we coming into the office? Hmm. What are you doing in the office? And and I'm asking the question, right? And even you kind of stated it like what you missed. What, what, why are you coming? why, Why do you want your people to come into the office? What's the what's the Culture. business what's the business well, outcome? What's yeah. the objective? Group it, it's it's group activities, trainings, culture improvements, uh, uh, company company meetings, right? They're not certainly not personal work. Not personal work, not independent work by any yeah, means. Independent work, independent work. That's better. That's better. Um, and culture improvement or, or just events, right? Opportunities for relationship building. Yeah. In-person relationship building. I R L check in, in, in real life. (laughs) (laughs) It's, 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 it's a real deal. So check this out. This report from Accenture reveals that generation Z workers colloquially did I even say that right? Did I say Colloquially. That? I think there was an extra E. Colloquially. Colloquially. Yep. God, we can't erase that, can we? That, that's going to stay right <laughs> yeah, there. Yeah, no, we'll fix it in post. We'll, we'll send it to the <laughs> Yeah, editor. no, I don't think we will. <laughs> Colloquially referred to, <laughs> referred to as Zoomers. How funny is that? Okay. Gen Z is referred to I as Zoomers. That. Do you think Zoom had anything to do with that? Do you think they were no. like, no. You think they've lobbied for that? Yes, they're pushing that so hard. (laughs) They're like Zoomers. We got a whole generation. Nailed it, right? Not like the Teamsters. That kind of doesn't work. See where I was going there? Come on. Come on. I'm a New Yorker. (laughs) (laughs) So just just union. No, we're not even going to go there. People are going to dig this up and hold it against us 20 years from now. All right, so Accenture, Generation Z workers, known as Zoomers, want some form of in-office work. This is our up-and-coming generation. 
Despite growing up in an era where social media is significantly dominant, more than 75% of Gen Z respondents wish to interact with coworkers directly. I see that with my daughter. Isn't Last year, when she was homeschooled, she yearned for being in person class and seeing people in, in, in real life. IRL. She she need and she is completely a digital native. And so seeing people like in the flesh is a is a treat, you know? That that's got that's gotta come into play. Because we, you know, us old us old folks, we, we tasted it. So we, we, we kinda know what's there, but I feel like the Zoomers don't have that experience. And so maybe you know, it's like they, they get a taste of it. It's like going to a concert when you go into the into the office, you know, you are, get are, that like congregation feel and, and vibe. So I, I, I get that. Well, and that's it, right? I think that speaks to, that's the up and coming workforce. So coming back to your question, well, so let me give you the rest of this, then we'll, yeah. we'll touch on this. By the way, are you a Gen Xer or a baby boomer? Where, where do you fall? Baby boomer? <laughs> <What? laughs> Yeah, well, you dude. said us old people. I know no, no, you weren't I'm talking Gen about X, me. Gen X are all the way. Baby <laughs> boomers like born after World War II. <laughs> I mean, technically, all of us were born after World War well, II. Well but... played. Well played. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. On that one. All right. Yes. Yes. Good. But yeah, no, I know you're not a boomer. That was a that was a low blow. Um, all right. So check it. 75% of Gen Z respondents wish to interact with coworkers directly. 68% of baby boomers have the same sentiment. So the generation behind us, right, or, or in front of us, or however you would say it. The, the Zoomers and the boomers. The, 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 boom, the Zoom booms, that's right. Only 66% of our generation, the Gen Xs, return w w want that in office work return so interesting that our generation is the lowest out of all of them and that the new up-and-coming digital native you know what i would say interacts with their friends and people more through digital devices than any other generation before mm -hmm. is craving that in person like first of all that just gives me hope yeah oh yeah that just gives me yeah. significant hope um, you know, that there is an incredible intrinsic need and desire to connect with people um, the old school way, <laughs> IRL, if you will, <laughs> right? Right. But coming back to the point, you are going into the office for a different experience now. You're going, at, what would you call it, a concert? Yes. And you ask the question, so what's going to happen to the real estate that used to be 20 floors of 20 floors of cubicles and office and workspace? You know, my thoughts or my my prediction, if if I be so bold, would be one of two answers. You're going to start to see more large meeting type spaces congregation concert type space yeah, right multi-purpose halls totally flexible with kick at yep. kick killer killer av systems yeah almost event spaces you know yeah. more more event space type stuff large gathering type spaces that are more decked out with technology than ever before because why we need to make sure that we are are 
being inclusive of all of the, if there's a large percentage of people here that don't want to have anything to do with that in-office experience, but we need, they need to be included. They need to have the option to come in. My second prediction, what happens if they end up turning commercial space into more living space? What if that ends up turning into like rezoned and used for almost like, you know, the apartment above the pizza parlor style mindset where, well, if more people are working from home and population, although I did read an interesting statistic the other day that um, our, our population growth is, is starting to slow. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't think it's slowing that much. I think we're still producing plenty. Pl- plenty of new people but it's just interesting because what's the the relationship of growing population more people working from home is it that we need to take some of that existing commercial real estate space and convert it into habitable space that technically all also dual duos as your workspace because you're working from home now that's Throwing it out there. Easy. I mean, to, to your first point, I, I see uh, several of our enterprise clients saying we, we need a showcase space where we can attract new talent and it needs to have wow effect. So I, I, I see that left and right. But <laughs> it's just funny when you said the apartment over the pizza shop, like that's, you know, Bronx, Manhattan, left and right. But like, well, who would want to? do that for like an office and then you start to think about places in manhattan like totally yeah well just think about like lofts yeah. right blow out a couple of floors turn it into like really sexy cool modern loft space that is That's rentable incredible. for for residential use because so many people are working from home now That's interesting very interesting you know, I was thinking about something you just mentioned around the, um, the what do you call it, the showcase, the showcase mm-hmm. for for people. You know, one of the the clients that we just spoke to, I think you were, I think you were with me on the call about the showcase. Going to be showcasing work from home technologies. <laughs> like here's our conference room, but then here's our 14 options for you to work from home, right? And I thought that was very telling to where everybody's head is at, where leadership and all these organizations are like, no, this isn't this isn't some passing fad. This is here to stay, and we need to be ready to go. And this is a part of who we are now. Yeah, and we need to look and sound good. We need to. Um, and it, it was so funny. I, I was. I was thinking of someone else before, but now that you brought up that 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 sales call we were on, uh, I love the fact that they needed a, a, to showcase a home office as well as an airport office. Yes, like that is so cool. I, I just love I loved that term, airport office. That, that was. There is a product coming out that I can't actually talk about, but I will say in the realm of trying to create a consistent experience no matter where you're at whether you're in an office whether you're at home whether you're in an airport whether you're in a coffee shop there are some people that are thinking about how to create that 
that experience, not just from an audio and video perspective, but as you know, part of that video perspective is what what's behind me and not just good quality, right. you know, microphone and, and right, speakers right. or headset, but the acoustic space around it. So it's, I, I'm looking forward to being able to share some information on that, but it's, it's getting a lot of attention mm. on how to build these experiences, no matter where you are at. Have you, have you seen that, uh, that video of the guy who made a portable green screen and he attends zooms? on water slides on like a dirt bike and <laughs> you see his setup he's, he's like it's made out of like pvc pipe he, he made a backpack with a green screen and he has the the laptop right in front of him and and so you see him riding a, a dirt bike uh like a motorbike or something you see the shot and then it cuts to his zoom call where he's going but you know he he looks good because the laptop camera is right there and the green screen is behind him, so he's got a professional background. <laughs> I have not seen that, so but that's hilarious. <laughs> yes. that they did a hilarious. water slide. They did a motorbike. It was it was it was pretty good. I mean, hopefully, hopefully, that that company is going to come out with something like that. That'd be pretty fun. It's going to be interesting, man. The, <laughs> yeah. next, the next couple of years are going to be really interesting as we as we kind of rush towards building solutions and products that help support this type of model. Yeah. And, and getting serious though, and, and bringing that experience we we've, we've seen with a lot of our enterprise clients, a migration away from the easy to deploy video bar codecs to table microphones because the experience isn't there. Because the audio experience isn't there. The audio experience is, is, yes. That's and awesome. I, I found that, yeah, it, it, it's How, great. We've been fighting that fight. Good. Yeah, we've been fighting that fight for like ever since I joined the industry. Yeah. And then all these ceiling mics came out and all these bars came out and people were like, no, it looks better. And it's it's aesthetically yeah, it pleasing. And it's like, oh, you're not going to hear, you know, paper shuffling. I want to hear paper shuffling in high definition clarity, <laughs> right? That That's where we're at, you know? It's, it's interesting. It's interesting. That's yeah, interesting to me. Just a full 180 back to audio and, and audio's king, right? Audio is king. At the end of the day, I need to, I need you to sound like Jim, not some ghostly robotic version of it. Yeah. It, him, you, you. I don't. Let's see. Do I have any other interesting statistics here? I think we got about five minutes left in our hour. The study also discovered. So this is the Stanford study. It also discovered that certain employees who tried to work from home would get lonely after a while. That, or they would fall victim to one of the three enemies of remote working. The three enemies. This sounds. The three horsemen. Who, 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 who does it say who the three enemies are? Oh, it does. You got Sorry. any guess? You got any guesses? Video games. Scrolling. Uh, we can go video porn? games. I don't know. So, Wow. All right. Wow. You, technically, that, you, you can get all of that like in one experience at this point, especially with VR, true. but no. So, 
Now the three enemies of remote working. The bed. Just people want to sleep. They want to sleep, Jim. It's not some weird, you know, live porn situation. Lame. The television, which could be, that could be video games, right? Anything that's a screen. I I almost lump, like, social media into just devices, screens in general, right? Or, like the Watts said, the fridge. (laughs) The fridge is the third enemy of remote working. Right. As a result, some just decided to return to the office after a while. I think that study needs more data points because are these people living alone? Are they with families? Are they with roommates or loved ones? And and also, especially working in a city, I find working from home to actually be healthier because when you're well, when I did work in the city, the vast majority of people would go out to lunch or, or get lunch from a, a deli or something like that, which is not healthy at all. But if you're eating from home, you know, you need some discipline, but you could, you, you're, I had a higher likelihood of eating healthily than, than working at an office. And that is that simply because you wouldn't go out and you would make your yeah. own food? Like that's exactly. that's what it came yeah. down to, right? Yeah, yeah. I agree. I definitely think I eat healthier when I eat at home. And, you know, or if I'm going to the office, the best way to eat healthy is to bring food with me that I prepared at my yes, home. Exactly. Right? You know, kind yeah. of coming back to that concept. Yeah. All right. So I got one more for you. We've got like three minutes left. Probably not enough time to get into it, but it's an interesting, it's an interesting thought or it's an interesting thing to consider as it relates to remote work and it's it's around compensation Mm. right so uh hybrid work statistics regarding compensation are that 94 percent of employees believe payment should be determined by skill set not geographic location which i think is really interesting nine percent of them already had moved into a different pl- moved to a different place making it impossible to return to the office so there's so oh, much wow. to, there is so much to unpack right there right so number one you're working from home you're remote now well now i'm working from home so it doesn't matter as long as i've got a solid internet connection i can i can move anywhere i'm just going to move because i work from home now right and so, of course, right, it shouldn't matter. But think about geographic location. Think about the same job for a company based in San Francisco or New York compared to the same job for somebody based in Albuquerque or Idaho or, you know, a, a potentially lower region within the within the within the the country where the pay scale for the same job is a little bit less. Like, I think that's a really interesting element with the remote working side. And it almost comes back to where the company's physical location is or headquarters is right as, as a determining factor, but will this help drive, will this help drive a different mindset when it comes to employers in terms of how they pay and price? I mean, think about, just think about the difference of real estate cost in Manhattan compared to real estate in Arizona, right? Cost of living in these in these regions have a huge impact. But now you have a workforce that is like, oh, well, 
I don't need to work for you. I can go to work for a company out of New York or a company out of San Jose that pays more money simply because the cost of living in those particular areas necessitates a higher wage for the same job. That's a whole nother level. That's wild. Additionally, and, 80, and we're 80, seeing a mass exodus, right? I mean, people are fleeing California, well, New York, left and right. And that's, I mean, so physically, right? You're saying a physical exodus yeah. tied that with the great resignation because one of the big drivers there is I can go do the same job for a company that's based in another physical location and make more money. Which supports the idea that it shouldn't be about geographic location. It should be about skill set. So will this help drive a leveling of compensation based on skill set as opposed to the geographic component that often plays a huge role? It's so complicated. There's, there's, there's so many. There's so many pieces to that. Like my, you know, yeah, it's so complicated. So. Additionally, 83% said that they would leave their companies if they lower their compensation for working remotely. These return to work statistic facts didn't stop some companies, such as the big G, from significantly cutting remote worker salaries due to their geographical location. And, and that's where it gets a little slimy, though, because... I don't understand why you would lower their wages because they just got a whole lot cheaper to support as a, as a company. They're, they're, the overhead per per worker, for, for someone working from home is much less than someone working from an office. So actually they should get a little bump if, if they're keeping all things even. Well, and since we're on this particular topic, I've got even some more data here around employees that feel that their employers should be providing resources to help them set up a home office right so it, it, yeah it goes down this yeah. it goes down yeah. this it, this rabbit hole yeah and 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 that so that might justify less salary if they're getting their internet paid for and their printer and they're all you know all all, all, all that overhead stuff but if you don't get the overhead stuff then at thirty-four percent of employees said their employers should provide resources to help them set up a home office. Another thirty-three, and see that's interesting because it's like what resources, right? Obviously, yeah. you got to provide a compute, you got to provide monitors, you got to provide the tools necessary to do the job. Yeah. But then, like, what about subsidizing expenses related to the physical real estate that it requires to set up a home office that you might not have had before? And I'm thinking to like some of the really tight apartments, especially in big cities, Manhattan, San Francisco. These are tiny apartments that people are paying premiums for. I really don't have the space to set up a home office <laughs> in yeah. my 800 square foot apartment, you know. <laughs> my closet. <laughs> my closet of an apartment. Yeah, what else does this say? Yeah, those are hard. Those are hard. Well, see, and that's what I found interesting about this topic and just looking up some of the data that was out there to support, like, how the, the population is feeling about hybrid mm -hmm. work is, man, there's a lot to it that, that much more than just, just the AV technology being able to support, you know, I think coming all the way back to that point, 
I'm grateful because if anybody was questioning the need for AV technology prior to the pandemic, it is the only way to <laughs> enable the remote Absolutely. work experience and to create kind of a, a, a next generation, if you will, colleague experience at the end of the day. But man, that's just a piece of it. It's, it's quite an emotional consideration and compensation and just so much. Yeah. Well, my dude, I think we've reached, uh, I think we've reached our hour. That was, that was, that felt good. That was a fun one. That was, that was, that was a great topic. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for hanging out and chatting with me. I love, I love that we weren't, we weren't aligned on how we feel about working from home versus working from the office, which I appreciate so much because it provided such great perspective, man. So I think my takeaway is we need to get you out here for a party. That sounds great. That sounds awesome. I like it. All right, man. Well, thanks for your time. And everybody, thanks for tuning in. We really appreciate the, the, the viewership. And we will see you in a couple of weeks. Dude, have a very happy new year, everyone. Ooh, happy holidays. Yes.